Welcome to episode 33 of Q the Duck Boast Podcast. It's still going. The music is still going. It never wants to stop. That's 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 the true Duck Boat's pride. Must have had a loop clicked or something. But how are you guys doing on this beautiful, kind of brisk Sunday morning here in Rhode Island? I don't know about where you guys are. How's the weather over in Nantucket, Kev? Oh, sun is shining. It's a little warm today, but it's been crazy. The temperature on the island's been nice. Hover around the 80s. Normally, I don't see that out here with that uh, that brisk little coastal air, but it's a nice feeling staying warm. How about you, Connor? How about over in the uh, Midwest? Muggy is Central, all get out. Central America. I don't know where you are. Central it's muggy? America. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> definitely China. the Midwest. Midwest. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like definitely 50. muggy out here. No, uh, no ocean breeze for me, unfortunately. Well, I woke up this morning. I went to check on my meat that I put on the smoker last night. It was 58 degrees. And the only thing that I could think was that winter is coming. And what that means is there's going to be hockey soon. And it's time for us to get back on track here, get back to recording and back to talking puck, what we love to do. So, um, I mean, there's been a lot of different crazy things that have gone on in the NHL, I think, over the last three weeks that we've kind of took our, we took a little summer break. There's really no other way to put it. The three of us have pretty busy lives. So we kind of took a step back, took a little summer break, and we're all refreshed and ready to get back to recording probably weekly for a little bit, bi-weekly around there. And then once we get into training camp, it's going to be back to regular schedule programming. One to two episodes a week probably going forward at that point. So, I mean, we're, we're super excited just to kind of where we're at and where everything's going. And um, I think we'll jump right into it. I mean, we can get right into our Bruins section. Obviously, there's a lot of Bruins news that has happened. So let's let's kick it off with a little dirty water talk and we'll talk some bees and then we'll get into – some of the guys who are still free agents, which we couldn't believe, some other Eastern Conference inf- information out there, some things we're hearing, some things that have happened. And then we'll get into a little bit of the wild, wild west. We'll see what's going on. Maybe even – I might even have a couple future bets for you. Maybe not hockey. Maybe some football futures. So we'll see where this pod goes. But let's get into that dirty water. So obviously we know the most important news, the biggest news, but we're going to go in order of operations. We're going to go on how they happened. Let's start off with the trade and signing of Pavel Zaka. How do you boys feel about that? We haven't even talked since, since Hollow was traded for Zaka. Connor, I know you want to lead this one off. Well, at first I was definitely all for it. You know, getting younger, getting a restricted free agent. Hollow was on an expiring deal uh, at the end of the year. And of course, you know, the Hala contract was a little bit cheaper now that we've seen the the Zaka contract signing come through. Um, So for the trade, I would give it, you know, a B, you know, not bad, not great. Just, you know, solid, obvious move that Sweeney's trying to get younger and maybe have something with a little more team control, which I was all about. Um, then the contract signing came and completely threw how I felt and what I just said right out the window. They signed him to a one-year contract, three and a half million, which walks him right to free agency. So I wasn't really thrilled about that. But then, of course, you know, a couple days later, uh, Zaka came out and mentioned, you know, I really like it here. I want to be here. Side note, he does live in Boston in the offseason. So even prior to the trade, he was there. Um, and then made a, a comment that this contract is a kind of a show it to me contract for the Bruins, where he hopes that he can 
pony up enough to sign a long-term contract. So all in all, I would probably give it a, a C at this point because you, you really turned an expiring asset into another expiring asset. Could it be better in the long term? Yeah, but as trades go, they always get better and worse as time goes on. So we have to wait and see. Yeah, it's definitely a wait and see. One more thing, just to add before we let Kev talk about it, is I did like that Zaka did mention the ideal of wanting to be here and the culture of taking a discount and things like that. For a guy who just signed a contract and just got here to already be talking that way, it shows the influence and the culture and the allure of guys wanting to come to Boston and play in Boston, and stay in Boston. I think Zaka could be one of those guys. Zaka's a guy who could absolutely flourish in the black and gold. And if that happens, we'll look back at this, we'll laugh, we'll say it was an A. But if it doesn't, and he walks, then, you know, it, it kind of, it's almost a wash. I guess that's where you go with the C, it's a wash. But um, I think it's Zaka's best. He blows Hala out of the water. At his average, it, they're about the same. So it's kind of like a wait and see, really. Kev? Yeah, no, um, I feel the same way. It's like he's young. What is he, 24, 25? Yeah. So if he can flourish, like you were saying, it's, you have a guy that could possibly be scoring 20 goals, 50 to 60 points. You put him in the right system with the right players. We see what happens when you pair guys with Krejci, Pasta, Hall, Bergey, Marshy, just the culture they come in here, and they're expected to produce. You have to produce. You're in Boston. And there's really no option. Either you win, you get bounced. So I think it's going to be the right situation. He's finally going to be able to be with people that they're going to push him to his limits. He knows he needs to step up and impress for the veterans. He has a bunch of other uh, Czech players here. So I feel like that's definitely making it a lot more comfortable. He's been boys with Zaboro since they were like five years old playing together. So it's having that comfort level. It's definitely going to make a different er- difference early on. So. I'm excited to see what uh, Zaka can do for us. But. Yeah, I, I really think that's the essence of it. It's, I think it's a great situation for him as a player. The contract's fine. I mean, he what was he was due like 3.2 anyway. So it's like, I mean, they, they didn't have to go to arbitration. They got it done. I, I It's really just a wait and see. It's either where, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple in Boston. You perform, we love you forever. And if you don't, it's tough. So, I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm going to give you a a real layup of a transition here, but uh, it it really made me giggle when you realize that the base salary for Pavel Zaka equals both Bergeron and Krejci put together for the upcoming season. Yeah, which is definitely funny. It's definitely funny. We'll jump right into it. Obviously, the King is back. King Selkie's back. As I said from the start, I thought was going to happen. I know we wavered a little bit back and forth, but Bergeron's back. He's on a team-friendly deal. He, you know, Bergeron's going to make 2.5 million base salary. Once he hits game 10 played of the year, he's going to get his other 2.5. So all in all, Bergeron will be paid as 5 million this year, which I think is an overly fair number. Patrice Bergeron on the open market is getting close to 9 million from some teams, I would assume. There are teams out there would absolutely pay Patrice Bergeron. He's still very much at the top of his game. And I mean, I'm sitting on the Bruins website right now and he said his comment in quotes is I have something left to give. And I think none of us could argue that Bergeron had his one of his best analytical seasons ever last year, and he's going to be back and he's really going to be leading this Bruins team early on with the injuries we have. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see a higher offensive point production year out of Patrice Bergeron, because one thing that we all know 
Bergeron can be any player he needs to be. He has a very offensive side. He has a very defensive side. He has that middle ground. When he's relied on to score goals throughout his career, he has stepped up and scored those goals. I would expect we see him come out and pop a couple early on. I really do. You guys have. Yeah. So for me, I think it uh, for the Bergeron contract, we kind of argued with it back and forth a little bit before the offseason started um, on what the actual AAV would come at. And two and a half million is kind of dirt cheap. And I think you're exactly right for what you said. Uh, he would have gotten a lot more on the open market. Two and a half million for 10 games played those kind of nice. That uh, was a nice layup by Don Sweeney and company. But uh, I don't know. To hear that, you know, his partner in crime, David Krejci, also had a plan B makes you wonder if Bergeron ever thought about a plan B or if nothing came together, he was just gone. Well, there was never a plan B. Plan B was be gone. He said that like multiple times. He would. He was never playing anywhere else. Um, Krejci saying he had a plan B was kind of interesting. Obviously, Krejci wanted to play in Boston and just in Boston, but if they weren't going to sign him, he was coming back to the NHL. I think that was kind of clear. But definitely glad we have Krejci. We can get more into that after. Kev, you want? How are you happy to see Bergeron back? Or were you like, no, you didn't want? Oh, you didn't dude. want Bergeron, right? No, I'm so excited. Just having that stability and. For another year, we don't have to worry about uh, who's going to be the top-line center. We can just relax. Another year to relax. And then all hell can break loose again. And we can probably go through the same same situation next offseason. He's going to come back. He's going to go. We'll see. But just to have him back right now. And like you said, when someone needs to score a goal, Bergeron will score that goal. So... It's going to be nice, especially for DeBrus, too. Having Bergeron back in the top line, it's going to help DeBrus continue to flourish. So I'm excited to see what those two can do early on and help keep the Bees offense going. Yeah, and I, I really think, and then we can segue that right in, I agree with all that, into Krejci, who I think David Krejci, if he really hasn't lost a step, like he's made it pretty clear he hasn't. And from what some people are saying, he really didn't look like he did out in the Czech League. Um I think Krejci's going to be a huge impact player in this team. We literally didn't have a second-line center last year. We did not have one. Eric Halla and Charlie Coyle, they did okay when they had to do it. Halla had an unrealistic-to-expect-again season. And David Krejci is a second-line center. He is a playmaker. And when he has Hall and Pasternak on his wings, which I think he will. Assuming they're his wings. Yeah, exactly. It, it will be lethal. I, I think they will be. I think you're going to see Zaka and Nebraska on line 1.5 with Bergeron, and you're going to see Hall and Pasta on that line with Krejci. And you're, again, going to for, – for the first time in a while, you're really going to have two first-line quality lines when they're healthy. When you have a top line of DeBrusque or Zaka with Bergeron, and I think it's going to be DeBrusque, Bergeron, and Marshawn. I think they really started to make that push towards the end of last year when this team's healthy a second line of Krejci Hall Pasta, a third line of – this is where things get weird, though. I think my third line for this year is Freddie Coyle Zaka. There is an odd man out there. There really is. I, I think Trent Frederick is a guy who makes a push into the top nine in this year. He proved it last year that he deserves to be there. And, I mean, Sweeney said it. Sweeney said he's not a fourth-line player. They see him as a higher-in-the-lineup player. 
Trent Frederick, I want, I really, I say it so much, but I want people to look at Trent Frederick and Tom Wilson at this point in their career. They're almost the exact same. Trent Frederick is on the cusp of a breakout season if he's allowed to kind of open it up and play his game. I, I really think so. Out of all of our young guys, Frederick's the closest to a breakout of those. Then like one would have guys. to argue that maybe Zaka plays on the third line and Freddie starts off with DeBrusque and Bergeron to start the year. Because it, if you want to have that argument, I just don't see know, it happening. I'll entertain it that Frederick is supposed to have. Well, Zaka, well no, of, uh, but that's not what I'm saying, though. You can go, but like, I mean, Zaka's well, no, more I'm just saying, end. you know, your comparison to Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson started having a good years when he yeah. started playing up with the big talent in Ovechkin and the Backstrom in the lineup. Yeah. That's not, not, not going to happen here, in my opinion. Trent Frederick no, will no, end up being he's... a wasted asset because he's going to play third line minutes for the next four years. Eh, I mean, but he could, he can carve out a role in a third line role if he has the right guys with him. I, I, I'm interested to see. I think his growth is going to be interesting this year under a new coach. I really do. Yeah. I mean, but I, I think the 11, 12, 13 line that we had last year had a lot of chemistry and had a very good impact on the game for most of the year. Yeah. Um, but that I might be. Don't, I don't know that we see 11, 12, and 13 on the team when the season starts. That That's why I, I'm i thinking that Smith might be gone. That's why I have him off that line. I really do. I, I do. That we can roll that right in to the tweet, to RA's tweet. We saw Rear Admiral from Spit and Chicklets, who obviously the, you know, the three of us are definitely a fan of RA and his work, tweet out a picture of Milan Lucic with the eyeball emoji, kind of play on play on words, play on emojis of what the Bruins did when they were signing Bergeron and Krejci and Zaka. Um, and it kind of made Twitter go into a little bit of a scramble, thinking like, what's happening? Obviously nothing's happened, but the rumors have been out there that the Bruins have definitely entertained the idea of bringing back a one Milan Lucic. If you're bringing back Lucic, you're clearing some salary going the other direction. There's just no way around that, right? I mean, so how do you guys feel about that? Kev, I'll let you start. I know you're pretty opinionated on this one. Oh no, I would love it. Like we talked about this the other day. It's like Lucic is a guy that can still score you 10, 10 goals in a season, but it also just brings in that whole mentality. It's hey, don't touch my fucking players. Like you bring Lucic back, ain't nobody getting touched in that top six. Lucic can still kick ass. So that's the thing. It's like between those between his hits, his punches, like just having it back, it brings back that big bad brood mentality. Even if he is older, he ain't scoring the 20 goals, but he's going to contribute. It's going to have a whole effect up and down the lineup knowing we can play our game. Something happens. You have Lucic. And what me and Connor were talking about, it allows Frederick to now have a role model. Freddie can learn how to play the game the right way as a power forward. And it's just, I'm back. Run it back. Bring the boys back. Yeah, one last hurrah. I, I mean, yeah, I – I'll let Connor go on it, but I, I agree. I agree with all that. For me, would I love to see Lucic back in black and gold? Absolutely. On the other hand, he's, he's on a team who is strapped for some cash right now. They're looking to make trades um, to get rid of some cap and to make some room. But for the Bruins, they're in the same situation. They need some cap space. They want to make some room. So really this deal to me only makes sense if A, you're moving, one of these teams is moving 
salary to a third party team or B you're making this trade work straight up by trading salary for salary. The good thing is Lucic carries about a $6 million um, cap hit and the Bruins have a lot of players that make between one and $3 million where they could play the, you know, the puzzle pieces and put things together. Like for an example, if the flames were looking for some depth that has talent and was cheap, what would you say to a Craig Smith and Mike Riley for Milan Lucic? Um, so you're giving up more talent than you're getting back, but you're getting an element that this team needs and needs in a dire way. I, I would do the trade. So to, to break it down, I'd like to wait a timeout. I'd like to get like a third round pick too. more than more than just, you know, throwing it out there. Lucic and Smith both expire at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Mike Riley would have another year. So the Bruins are going to technically ditch 3 million off their cap next year, which, you know, could come into play with the potential $5 million in bonuses that are going to carry over to next season. Yeah. Um, One funny thing, this is just a complete one-off before we move on to another topic. I find it funny that um, this Nick Foligno deal um, is really awful and people can't stand it. It is almost identical minus a couple of years to the Matt Bolesky contract about $3.8 million. It Same type player too. Same kind player. Of. I mean, uh, no. Felino, contract. a little disrespectful to Felino. Same player at the point in their career when we got him. I no. am, I am hoping that Nick Felino has a real like comeback year this season i mean he's got the talent he's got the experience he's got the the drive to be that person by you know that who he is um if if that's a player that can turn it around this year and be a good veteran on the fourth line making an impact putting the checking in you know seven to ten goals seven to ten goals i mean i would even say five to five to eight five to eight would be impact on your fourth line um, he, he could make a difference. I mean, if you think about it, if we did have line combinations of Bergeron, Marchand, DeBrusque, Pasta, Hall, Krejci, 11, 12, 13, then you have, you know, where's Zaka? You forgot Zaka. Zaka's being pushed down or Frederick's no, that being pushed yeah, down. Zaka's not going to, they're not going to do that. They just paid him 3.5 million. They're not pushing him down. They want to see what he can do. They, they're considering him a possible future guy on the team they're not there she's not getting pushed out they also paid felino yeah but felino's not a young dollars. guy i know just, and they expected him to play higher i know i just i don't see zaka getting pushed out i really don't he's gonna be a guy they're gonna let go out and play Maybe. and then i mean this team i don't want to spend much more time on the bros say it's so frustrating but still like jack studnika what is going on and then you have don and i'll roll this right in being like well there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for young guys to make this team whether it's beecher or lizelle what are we talking about? If if we're really going to put out the most talented team and we have those young guys making a push, there's going to be some disappointed veterans on this team who are getting sent out of the AHL and going through waivers. We're going to be getting traded for peanuts because it's, it's going to be so interesting. I cannot wait for Bruins camp to start and for us to get a read on what's going on and to jump all into it because a guy like Fabian Lysel, he is lighting up World Juniors right now. He, he, looks, he looks more physical. 
not not that he's ever going to be a physical guy, but he's not going to. He reminds you of somebody, doesn't he? Yes, yes. He reminds me of this guy. He wears two eights. He's not signed right now. Plays for the Bruins. A Davido Pasternak. Oh, oh, he's signed. He's got a year left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, know he is signed. He does have one year, but not. Don't not you wish that evil years, on like us? I know, I know. <laughs> but Lizell, um, Lizell is super talented. He can score from anywhere on the ice, and he has the playmaking ability that Pasta has too. That underrated playmaking ability. People act like Pasta doesn't make crazy plays all the time, but he does. But yeah, I know. Kev, you watched? Did you see some of those highlights? You were. Oh yeah. Do that one goal, like bad angle, right past the goalie's head, bar down. Mm-hmm. It's nasty. And just, they said the playmaking, the dude, his vision. He has elite vision. He sets it up for his teammates. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Do you know who should be really, really, really concerned about Fabian Lysel and his success? Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. Jake, your $4 million becomes real expendable. And with your yeah. trade request that went public, if Lysel because is the real deal and he can and he play, pushes in the top six, it's DeBrus, the one who falls out. Oh, you're not. It's not going to be Hall, Pasta, or Marchand. Yep. And DeBrus doesn't want to play in the third line, I don't think. I mean, listen, it, but here's the deal. If you have a situation where Jake DeBrus is on your third line, the Bruins then are – there's a chance the Bruins could be very good, right? It's like this weird thing you look at, and it's like we have all these assets, and it, it's – if you make it work, they could be good. You're shaking your head because you're a pessimist, not because the Bruins couldn't be good. Because Jake DeBrusque has proved us that if he doesn't play with top talent, he's not shit. Yeah, that was under Bruce Cassidy. I'm going to give him – I just I, – I wasn't a Bruce fan, so I'm going to give the – I want to see what this team looks like under Montgomery, but we're done with the Bruins. We're done. It's gone too long. Moving Let's on. jump away. Do you have anything else to add to that, Kev? Are you good with Bruins? I'm good. Perfect. Speaking Settled. of other yeah. things that have taken too long. <laughs> what oh. a one. Nazim Kadri is still a free agent. I'm doing air quotes because I don't think he is. Oh, I think Islanders. Kadri yeah. signed by the Islanders lose just the worst. Like, I don't know why people still like this team, like Lou Lamorello. Like, it's so annoying. Like Sweeney Lou, think, played Lou Jr. Yeah, on Monday. <laughs> I know, but like it's still like Lou. He's like I, I Lou Limarello, Like he, it's disrespectful to the fans. It's disrespectful to everyone. Just what is going on with your team, dude? Stop being so secretive. It's not helping you win games. Clearly. Yeah, I'm trying to plan out my fantasy season this fall, and Lou's really making this difficult by not knowing a couple things. Um, for me though. I want to buy into the fact that Kadri could, you know, 80% be an Islander. But at the same time, there's lots of sources around the league who are saying that he's still involved in talking with other teams. So I truly think this is really boiled down to Kadri wanted and expected a really big contract. The money quickly went off the table. And now he's going to end up getting seven years at, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's below $8 million at this point. I think it will be. I think it has I, to be right. I think Kadri's I mean, space like, doesn't come out of, I think Kadri's between six, seven and seven, two, which makes sense for his age. He's, he's older. Like, what are you going to do? Dude, this deal's going to be good for two fucking years, two, three years. Then it's going to be like, ah, Kadri. He's yeah. going to be putting up 40, 50 points. 
I mean, he's, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think Nazem Kadri would fit in great in most teams. But at the same time, he, it's, he's an aging asset. Aging his contract assets. is going to be similar, like not numbers-wise, obviously, but how it panned out to John Tavares, in my opinion. He's going to be great for a year or two, and then a team is going to start seeing that fall in production and looking at his cap and be like, yeah, this is not great. Yeah, I, it's just even – it's a hard comparison when Tavares just has a little bit more of a top end even. You know what I mean? I think Kadri's situation will be a little worse. Like you got to look Tavares – Tavares was a point-per-game player last year. Tavares had 76 points in 79 games very quietly. It's almost point per game. 27 goals, 49 assists. But he was minus eight, which you'd rather not have for your guy you're paying 11 sheets, right? 12 sheets. What's he making? Uh, 11, 11, 11, I believe. Yeah. I, I mean, like, he's definitely, I definitely think he's overpaid, but. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's my point. Like, overpaid for the points. Like, yeah, he's, played he's, he's actually and... been under point per game player every year, but his first one in Toronto. He's 60 and 63, 50 and 56, 76 and 79. He's just right around it, but under it. And I feel like that's going to be the same thing for Kadri. He's going to probably get 20 to 30 less points next season, especially (laughs) if he's He's in the Islanders. Islanders. They don't even (laughs) be the most boring team on planet Earth. There are two two teams that, like, uh, I'm a Bruins fan, obviously, right? Two games that are always so cheap to go to Islanders and the Devils, because they were the most boring freaking games to watch ever. The Devils, credit to them, not really boring. There. Devils have some talent. They'll fun to watch. I'd gladly go watch Jack Hughes play. But, oh, my God, outside of Barzell, that is the most boring hockey team to watch on planet Earth. So let me ask you this on the on the cadre before – or I'll ask it to Kevin. So Kevin can kind of get onto this before he gives his take. If it's not the Islanders, what other teams could you see making a pitch for Kadri? I can see um, wood burning. I don't know. You got me at a loss. Because I've got one theory, but I don't know how good <laughs> it is. And it, it might involve Milan Lucic, but I, I don't know. Everybody he, in he Calgary is... Everybody's talking in Calgary that they're trying to make room, and you know, Lucic is one of the names. Here. Moving somebody off their defense the is another is, name. The problem is with this, right? I not to interrupt you, Kev. I think that they offered Kadri a contract. Like, I think they tried to sign Kadri, and he didn't want to go there. I, I heard that. That's why I'm just. That was also when. <laughs> yeah, I know when he thought he had options. <laughs> yeah, nobody knew. You know, that Johnny G was gone, gone. Yeah. That Matty Kachuk was gone, and you were going to replace no, him right. with Huberto and, you know, whatever. But, Kevin, sorry for stepping on your toes. Go ahead. Oh, no, go right ahead. I, I, I don't have any team. I've been out of the loop for a couple of weeks now with the NHL. Yeah, I, so. Kadri, I think there's – I mean, I wouldn't completely say Colorado's out of the question, but at the same time, as every day goes by, it becomes less and less and less likely – I mean, I've heard from numerous sources it really looks like he's going to the Islanders. I I don't really think it's the best spot for him. You know, I, I would like to – he would have fit much better in blue and red. He would have looked much better as a Ranger to me in that offense. And I, I just – really, if I could think of a team that is, I guess, somewhat a possibility of being a playoff team, right, and fits, I think the Islanders are the worst for him. I really do. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree. And 
even before like the free agent frenzy kind of went down, everybody started picking names on the board. You had the Rangers, the Red Wings, the Bruins, the Avalanche, and the Islanders as kind of the core teams that were looking at Nazem Kadri. Well, guess what? Detroit went and signed Cop. Cheaper, younger, more versatile, in my opinion. The Rangers went out and got Trocheck, who fits their 2C better, a little bit younger. Cheaper, definitely right? cheaper. Yeah, Kadri's yeah, better than Trocheck, but I think Trocheck fits better. Yeah, and then the Bruins obviously went back to what worked for them in Bergeron, Krejci, and then you know potentially Zaka if they re-sign him uh, to an extension. So I mean, really, go ahead. Oh, Detroit still has some money to play with, so that could be an interesting. Detroit gets Kadri, and ugh, they're Detroit's making them pretty moves. legit. They're yeah, already going to be decent, dude. Their young players are getting older, and they're already studs. Like they're not going to suck for that much longer. Their center depth would be ridiculous with yeah. Larkin, Kadri, and Cop down the middle. Yeah, it's tough, dude. Detroit is going to be one of those teams who is an absolute animal in probably two more seasons. Yeah, right when the cap Ottawa. is about to jump that $10 million, Detroit, is, need. Detroit is going to be insane. They're going to be thanking God because they're going to have to pay pay Cider and Raymond at the same time. And that's going to but be... But you know that they're going to get sweetheart deals. Yeah, that's just maybe. how it they're works. Euros. They're Euros. <laughs> they like their cashes. They, but I mean, they, but it, it's... New yeah. Gucci belt. Yeah, uh, it could be expensive still. I don't know. I mean, what else do we really have with free agency? I mean, there's obviously some names out there. Um, Sonny P.K. Subban, still out there. P.K. Subban still not signed? Phil Kessel, yep. Yeah, it was a Phil. Phil, I mean, they're a fucking plane taking off or something, Kev? Yeah. <laughs> Phil Kessel is super interesting, right? I mean, it's just there's no fit in Boston. The Bruins already have way too crowded of a room. Like, it's already too crowded. But Phil could still go anywhere and score 20 goals. Like, his release is still there. Is he not in the best shape? Is he maybe not back check at all? Yes. But can he sit on your power play and put the puck top shed? Yeah. Yeah, he can. I think Phil Kessel's a guy who will be able to score 15 to 20 goals till he retires. He just has the release for it. And as much as people hate it, like you, like Ovechkin will always be able to score 30 goals in the NHL. His shot is just so lethal. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately. Like, yeah, no, like that's the Like Ovechkin's going to be out there with a fucking walker just ripping one timers and he'll still score 30 goals. There's nothing you can do about guys like that with that shot. The Bruins have a guy like that, um, David Posternock. Hopefully he's there for a long time because he has a shot that's pretty lethal himself. Let's jump into the Eastern Conference, the salt of the East, as we call it. Let's talk about the Florida Panthers. Out of all the teams in the East, they've definitely made the most noise. Serious question for you, Connor. Are they better or are they worse this year? 100% worse. Agreed. Easily. I mean, you basically trade away first-round picks for Sherratt and Giroux. Let them both walk. (laughs) Then you trade Huberto and Uyghur to Calgary for Matthew Kachuk, which is an obvious overpayment, yes. Um, I'm glad you came around to that. I I will do some defending for Florida because I took a lot of heat for this. They obviously must have known that they weren't 
going to be prepared to make the offer that Huberto wanted. Huberto got an extra million dollars a year. He's an older player who I honestly don't think fit what they wanted to do, as painful as that's going to be for some people to hear. You look at that Tampa and Panthers series in the playoffs this last year. Tampa manhandled the Panthers. And that wasn't going to happen again. They had to do something to address that. Matthew Kachuk was it. The unfortunate side effect was Mackenzie Weger. That's one that that didn't really make sense to me. That's somebody that they should have kept. But that was another another contract that they were going to have to extend next season. Which I, just, I don't I think they were prepared to. I have trouble with Weger. It's they're worse. They're fucking worse. Losing Mackenzie Weger makes you worse. There's no like. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. Losing Weger makes you worse. In does Tuchuk bring a different culture to their team? Yeah, absolutely. He does a hundred percent in a, a culture that I personally like. Like I like that cocky American physical goal scoring player a lot. Yeah, I like him better than Huberto, hundred percent. But your team's worse. If you kept Ben Sherat and you kept Claude Giroux, I'd be like your team's better. But it's not. It's not better. You, if you oh, look and the they assets, lost Mason, uh, Mason Marsh. Yeah, Marsh. Yeah, if you just look at the the asset exchange in the last. 12 to 18 months. The Panthers are worse. They're in a worse position for their future. I just don't, I don't get it. And I originally was like, I love this for the Panthers. I jumped out on the, I love this for the Panthers train. And then as I slowly listened to more and more podcasts, I instantly got convinced like, wait a second, this is terrible asset management by Bill Zito. It just doesn't make sense. And, and they have no first round pick in they have no 2026. Picks. They have no picks. They gave all their picks and it's like, ah, oh, we can always trade back. No, you can't just trade back and get first round picks anymore unless you're bleeding out assets. You can't bleed out assets. You put yourself in a win now mode, I guess. A win now mode, but you're not going to win now. That team, I'm less scared of now. I uh, Their defense well, blows. Like, who do they have on defense other than Ekblad? That no, nobody... No clue. Not that's my, my that's right my now. point. Good luck. Good luck stopping Boston's power play. Good luck stopping Toronto. Good luck stopping Tampa. Godspeed. Good luck. Good luck stopping a power play that has a Tachuk on it with Claude Giroux and Debrinket. Good luck. Have fun. Au revoir. They messed up. Yeah, they did. Um, so I guess you could play, you know, hot or not on uh, the Florida Panthers. Are you hot on them or are you, are you giving them the, the New York Islanders tap and saying they won't make the playoffs? No, I think they still make the playoffs. I do, I guess, but here's the deal. Defense wins championships. And you gave up a bona fide top three defenseman in Uyghur. Uyghur is a, was, he's good. He's really good. That hurts that team. You don't lose Mackenzie Uyghur and be better. Let me ask you this then, since we're talking about the Eastern Conference and the Florida Panthers, who do you think in the Atlantic division has the, the best defensive core? Uh, best defensive core in the Atlantic would be probably still Tampa. Even losing yeah. Ruda. Yeah, Ruda. What do you mean? Jan Ruda? Yeah, and they also – well, I mean, McDonough's really the big loss in Tampa. But I, I still think that the top three of um, Hedman, Sergachev, and Sarah and Sarnik are pretty good. The Bruins, I mean, the Bruins don't have that bad of a decor, really. But if you 
you know, the Bruins have a really good top two. And yeah. if you, I mean, if you look at McAvoy and we finally get to watch healthy Lindholm and McAvoy play together this year, if you have Lindholm, McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlo, Zaboral, Forbert, that isn't actually much better than I really internalized that it was. And if any of them goes down or if any of them falter a little bit, Cliffy Hockey gets in there, who Cliffy is a higher gun in that regard. Clifton doesn't need to play every night. He can go in there and just play freaking good hockey. He gets worse sometimes a, a couple weeks in. <laughs> I like Cliffy right off the mend, all coked yeah. up, ready to play. You know, <laughs> I like I like a crazy Cliffy. Forbert's so, back in my love triangle. Like Forbert has to mess up for me to get angry at him again. I think we all agreed we were going to give him that. Yeah, we he had a really good postseason, and I think we all agreed that we were going to let him slide off of his uh his regular season although he was kind of a, a scoring man. dazzling scorer there but uh with the the comment that you made about tampa bay and their defense or their defense uh still probably being tops in the atlantic i changed my mind i'm actually going boston you're going boston okay so depth. maybe they're number two but do you do you see tampa bay taking a step back this season i do not because of talent because of games played it's just going to be tough, man. Like, Stanley Cup hangovers do exist. I get it. They've beaten the odds for years. A step back is coming this year. Andre Palat is a guy who stepped up in those gritty games, in those moments, he's gone. Ryan McDonough, guy who stepped up in those gritty moments, those games, he's gone. That team is going to take a step back this year. Two years from now, could they go right back to the Stanley Cup? Yep, they could. When they get, you know, they just, it's just, but they're going to take a step back. It just doesn't, attrition has to set it, right? Like, I think the only way that we have this conversation and say that the Tampa Bay Lightning are taking a step back is if Vasilevsky gets hurt. I don't think it matters how many people they slowly peel away on that team. He is like one of the most ungodly go- goaltenders we have ever seen come through the NHL. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked. If they ended up in the Stanley Cup final again and lost, but they were there four years in a row. It's so I, hard to I, beat I just in elimination games. He's he's the best goalie of all time in elimination games. I mean, Kev, yeah, do you I think they know. can take a step back? I definitely think you made a good point, and you lost those guys that you relied upon, but it's, it's an either way. Do they win it all? No, I don't think so. Are they going to make the playoffs? Yes. Will they make a deep run? Yes. But it's just hard going four straight to the cup. That's that's a lot of miles you put on put on these bodies, and we've seen those guys get hurt too. It's it's just one injury away, and boom. But they got the players like Vesselisi. He can carry the team, like you guys are saying. It's, he does. I takes, know. So it's tough. But, I know that it's. I know. Luck runs out. So, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, Vassy's so good. He he's created, in my opinion, the Atlantic Division and what it looks like this year. Like Vasilevsky being as good as yeah. he is and putting Tampa on their he- on his head has made every other team turn this into Lots like a nuclear arms race. You know, it's like how many amazing players can we go and get and just load our team with talent to try and make this work. The East, it's crazy because, like, the East saw itself lose a top five player out of it. 
this year in Jack Eichel, like a top five NHL talent left the East this year. And they're still 30 times more talented than they were a year ago. It's crazy. Like the East is so, just so strong. Yeah. I mean, definitely impressive. Um, I know that we kind of bounced on to the, the Islanders topic with the, the free agency and the Nazem Kadri. But do you think that there's something holding up the dam on the island? Like, is there something that's still waiting to be done? Or do you think know. this is Lou just kind of being a jerk off and making us wait? I literally don't know. Like, I have no, I, I don't know what Lou's doing or whatever is going on. You don't like, even don't have know. a random guess. Yeah, I, I, no, maybe I know I don't. Do you? I, I really don't. Like, I don't. I actually don't care about the Islanders. Look, I don't like the Islanders. Yeah, no, they're a team I just, I like don't, like they're one of the teams I just don't give a shit about. They're so boring. Oh, dang. What do you think? What was your, what was your thing? Did you have something or were you just asking me? Yeah, I think, I think they're working on a trade, to be honest with you. I think they're going to move out a pretty significantly named player. I am leaning towards an Anthony Beauvillier, to be honest with you. But I think that Lou has to make some cap space because they have a handful of unrestricted free agents or restricted free agents, excuse me, um, as far as like the Noah Dobson, even Alexander Romanoff, who they just uh, acquired at the draft. There's not a ton of cap space if you're going to assume that Nazem Kadri is going there as a player. So I think what's going to happen is Lou is going to finally make his moves and his decisions, and that's going to kick off like a second half of the NHL offseason because that'll take your your last big boy off the board, potentially, in Nazem Kadri, and then there's going to be a bunch of moves that start happening around the league as that kind of, quote-unquote, damn breaks free. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I do think that once the last big dog comes off, we always do see the little pieces start to fly around. Like a guy like Sonny Milano, like he should be signed. He's an NHL player. There's That's just some really stuff. curious. Yeah, I don't That's got to be on the player's side for yeah, why he's not signed yeah, yet. Yeah, he must have some offers, right? It's just it's it's been a really weird offseason where we saw a ton of money thrown around early, and then we saw some teams get a little nervous. Like, uh-oh, we're overpaying some people. A lot of money's going around. We don't want to fall into this. Because you never know what's going to happen, right? The cap's expected to go up, but you don't you don't want to get stuck with bad contracts. You don't. They are detrimental. So I think teams get get excited quick, and then once the dust starts to settle and the big dogs go down, teams get nervous. And there's this another there's till the next big guy comes off before the next swarm happens. So I agree with you. I, I mean, really that's t- like to go on a, a tiny tangent. That's one of the things that's fascinated me the most about COVID era hockey in the NHL is the salary cap, the contracts and the AAV that are getting handed out. Like so many people are making millions and millions of dollars less than they thought they would because the money just simply isn't there. There's no money to go around. And I think like when I say that this is on Sonny Milano for why he hasn't signed, I 100% believe that he wanted more money than the team thought he was worth. So Anaheim didn't, you know, keep him around, didn't qualify him and released him. And he went out on the market to look for that same money. And teams were like, Hey man, like 
<laughs> we know that you're super famous on ESPN for, uh, you know, the pass from Zegras, but uh, no thanks. Like, we're not taking it. And he's going to get to the end of free agency here before camp, and he's just going to look at what team can I play on that gives me the best fit and the best chance to win a cup, and I'm going to sign for one year, 750000 and hopefully the bag's there for me again next year. Uh, I think he'll get a million. <laughs> he's not like, I mean, what? I don't even know really like Sonny Milano's stats. I know that he's like a talented guy that was expected kind of to do more than he did, right? Is that kind of like his? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a, a, a real young, talented player. Um, if I'm not mistaken. 96, I'd... he's 25. I believe, I believe he started with You know, he had 14 uh, goals, Columbus. 20 assists. Yeah, he did. He had 14 goals, 20 assists, and 60, 34 points, 66 games. He deserves a million, but the rest of his career is really not much. So, Yeah, and I, like I said, I think that's kind of like, you know, the sticking point. Like, players like that are getting squeezed. And then on the yeah. opposite end of it, you have players like the Phil Kessel and the P.K. Subban, who we've already talked about they're getting squeezed because they're veterans who probably deserve some money, but because of their names are going to want more than what they really should. Yeah. And I think they're going to be, excuse me, on the same train of, you know, they're going to have to take a big haircut if they want to play again, which they will. They have hot to take. I wouldn't be surprised if PK Subban just retires. He's got enough going on. He'll make more money in media. He's got more stuff going on outside the NHL that, you know, a million dollar contract with a team just doesn't matter. No, ESPN wants that guy. I want him on ESPN. You put PK Subban on that dry ass ESPN broadcast, it kicks him up eight notches. They need a guy like that. Yeah. I mean, really. Or so if like TNT was to scoop him up, my God. Would, yeah. Imagine having Biz oh. and PK on the same broadcast. Yeah, I, I really think that PK Subban is <laughs> gonna PK Subban's gonna be a big name in hockey for a long time. Kev, anything else on the East? That's a big old negative. All right, brother. <laughs> All right, brother. We're gonna jump into the wild, wild west. We have only a couple topics here, and we really already touched on this, but let's look at the trade from the Calgary side. Are the Calgary Flames, Kevin, I'm going to start with you. The Calgary Flames better this year than they were last year. Uh, that's tough because it's like obviously you lose Kudrow, you lose to Chuck, but you had Huberto. I think what makes a difference is the defense core that they built over there. That is one deep from top pairing to third pairing. Those are six guys that you are deep with talent on defense. They built it around the defensive side. You re-signed uh, Majapani. You got Lindholm still. You have guys that can play and score. So, yes, you don't have the big names. You don't have two guys that scored you 100 points each. But you still have some people. You have a solid defense. Markstrom's still a great goalie. You have uh, Vladar as the backup. So, it's tough. It's like, yeah. I think they'll be around the same as they were last year. Connor? I think that the Calgary Flames defensive core is probably the best in the NHL. Um, if you go look at the players who are in there, they have an overabundance of two, three defensemen. Um, as far as overall, are they going to be better or worse? 
I think they're going to be semi on par. However, if they can make a trade to make the Nazem Kadri contract work, I think they could be better than they were last year. Yeah, if they could not, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, like they're pretty much the same, but if they could give up a defenseman at some point along the line and get a guy with some pop or a guy with some more offensive talent, they really could be better. I mean, yeah, I. Yeah. So you got to look at it right. Like, if you look at it like Huberto for Tuchuk, it's about the same for what they're going to bring offensively to your lineup. You've got Uyghur instead of Gaudreau, which makes you a lot better defensively. Um, obviously detrimental to your goal scoring abilities, but guys like Mondriapani are going to step up. There is talent there. There really is. So, and I think a lot of it has to do with Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. Toffoli can, can snipe. Yeah. If he can step it up and score like 25, 30 goals, then right there. You're but he needs somebody to get him the puck. Yeah. He does. That's where, you know, another center on their team would really make, you know, a hell of a difference. And if they can move out a defenseman, you know, in a, a straight up cap dump type of deal where they're only getting future assets in return and then go ahead and you wheel Lucic for, you know, two roster players from another team that, you know, add a little depth up front and in the back end and then go out and sign a center or trade for a center somehow. You know, the Flames could be that guy again, but, you know... At, like I said earlier in the, the Eastern Conference and how it turned into an arms race, kind of seems like it's that way in Alberta, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Two teams that are good, two teams that are right there, two teams that know they have to get through each other, and then will have to get through Calgary, though. And that's just – they're still the three big dogs out there. It's still Edmonton, Calgary, and Colorado. And that kind of segues us right in. Remember the other big dog out there the last couple of years? The Vegas Golden Knights? What is happening in Vegas? That's a shit show right now. Go off. Go off, King. Go off. Oh, yeah. It's just too much coke, too much booze. I don't know what the (laughs) hell the GM's doing out there. But, nah, Vegas is turning into a place that nobody wants to play for. Like, these players, like, they're showing it's like, hey, business. Everyone knows, like, all sports is a business. But when you start treating your players like that, respected veterans, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, get out of here. You're not, you're not useful anymore. It's like the disrespect. No one wants to sign there. And then the cap situation. It's just a shit show. They have a shitty coach. Like, getting, right. I think I think Bruce is a good coach. Don't don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> Another thing. How about Patrady's comments? Like, it, number one, it made Patrady look like an idiot. Like, dude. Saying like there's no veteran presence, there's no leadership. Like, bro, you were a veteran. You could have been in that <laughs> change. Like, dude, that's so incriminated yourself. But either way, I think the culture sucks. I think it's just Vegas, they built it great and then they tore it down. Yeah. I mean, so with your comment about Pacioretty of, you know, on him it looks silly because he was a veteran presence. Yeah. But you have to think they traded away. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury, huge presence in the locker room. They traded away Nate Schmidt, big presence in the locker room. They traded away Ryan Reeves, big presence in the locker room. Every time that somebody becomes a presence in that locker room, they get moved. So for me, this is Eric Um, For me with Vegas – And I've been banging this drum for probably about half of a year. 
that Vegas is going to become the place that nobody wants to play for. And it's not because it's a bad team. It's not because it's a bad area to live. It's straight up because if you sign there and you take any kind of discount to be with that team because of the the location or the no state tax, they're going to trade your ass. They are going to trade your ass somewhere awful for your tax situation and likely you know, your situation overall, like look at Evgeny Dadnoff. They tried to send him to the ducks. Oops. They forgot to check the paperwork. That didn't work out. So what do they do? They launch them to Montreal. So stupid. So stupid. As like an obvious middle finger to like, screw you. You embarrassed us. This made it worse. Blah, blah, blah. Bang. They send him off. Then Max Pacioretty, you send him to Carolina. For, for some no name player, future considerations. Yeah, some no-name player, future considerations. Who's that guy? And then did he tear his Achilles? Yeah, he tore his Achilles tendon. Uh, but I believe that was when he was practicing and training. With yeah, that didn't, yeah, that, that didn't happen before yeah. the trade. No, I'm saying after, so it's like, yeah. ooh. Yeah, so now, you know. Vegas but first. for them, it's great. He's going to miss, you know, probably close to the whole season. They can LTIR him, add, and then have him back in the playoffs. No big deal. Um, the, the other thing that was more recent for the golden Knights is Robin Leonard and missing the entire season to have surgery now. And (laughs) Vegas is now going to rely on Logan Thompson, who most people have probably never heard of as their number one goaltender. So for me, this is like such karma coming down the train tracks for what they did to Mark Andre Fleury and his situation. And, you know, having that picture with the short, the sword shoved through his back. Like it, it almost feels like this is full circle that the Vegas golden Knights have become so quickly in five years, one of the jokes of the league. It, it just doesn't make sense to me anymore. You know? Yeah, that's like that's top down though. Such the management, and it's like, and even how they, they handle the Leonard stuff last year too. So it's there's no respect for the players, like no respect for the veterans, and they're starting to feel that way. And I'm really curious, and I doubt we will ever really get some, you know, truth on the record about this. But I wonder if the the owner Bill Foley has said, like, you're going to keep doing this until we win? Or did he just say, I want a Stanley Cup ASAP, and then this is what they're doing to appease that? Like, I'm curious how much he is involved with the debauchery kind of going on there. I really wonder. Like, I don't or if it's just Kelly McCrimmon just spinning the dials. Like, I don't... Because George McPhee sort of did it when he was the general manager, but obviously not to the extent, but Bill Foley has been heard before on the record saying like, I want a Stanley cup within five years. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have Jack Eichel. NHL. (laughs) You have Jack Eichel. I, I, again, I just don't like, I don't see Eichel signing another contract there. I think it's just this overall thing we're seeing is like American guys from the East want like to stay in the there. east i don't yeah. know like it, it the the northeast is a real nice place to live in the spring summer and fall 
winter it's tough, but spring, spring, summer, and fall it's pretty nice here, and it's even nicer if you're a millionaire. So like, oh. like yeah, when you don't have to worry about how it's yeah, expensive. yeah, especially like, all these Boston guys living in the North End and their yeah. very nice apartments that overlook like, water. Like if you have money, the Northeast is a real fun place to live. So like I just I think we're gonna keep seeing that, and it's weird. It's it's almost NBA ish. But it's like we're finally starting to see these players build their own brands, build their own selves as people. And now they're starting to request those trades. And things are going to, we're going to see guys going to where they want to play and building super teams, but whatever. That's the shit that builds the salary cap up. Creating villains and creating stars is what grows the brand. And hockey needs that. Now, you've, you really piqued my kind of interest for a question. Do you think that the NHL is heading towards? most of their players wanting to play in a quote unquote homegrown environment. Like, do they want to play close to home instead of, you know, in the opposite country or on the opposite side of the country, et cetera. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of guys, like, I think they just like to be like, I think they like to be close to their family and close to like the comfort of what they know. I think that's what we're seeing. And obviously like, I mean, like there are guys who go to destinations like LA and stuff like that. They don't want to leave Florida. They don't want to leave because it's paradise. But like, you know, who the fuck like wants to just go play in places that aren't that nice. Like no one wants to go out and play in Edmonton right now, unless you're a Canadian or you really want to win the Stanley cup. Like a guy like Phil Kessel, he ain't going to Edmonton. You know what I mean? It's just not happening. It's just not going to work. It's just not happening that way. Wait, they don't have hot dogs in Edmonton. No, I think they do, Kevin. It's, it's just it's cold. <laughs> it's cold. It's, it's Winnipeg Jets Jr., if you will. Ooh. But no, like I think that's a, a real interesting thing to follow, especially, you know, after the COVID seasons, like obviously hearing what Johnny Hockey had to say about wanting to be, you know, obviously closer to where he's from. Of course, you know, our homegrown Boston Bruins – if you are from the Boston metro area, there is a 60 to 70% chance that you'll play for the Bruins in your lifetime. Um, Jack, you've, I got, you've got people like Jake DeBrusque who have requested a trade because they potentially wanted to play closer to home. You had Pierre-Luc Dubois. Cassidy. You had Pierre-Luc Dubois who wanted to go play for a team that his dad worked for. Now he wants to go home and he wants to play in Montreal. Like you're starting to see more of that than what we used to. And I don't know if it's just, you know, kind of a, a happenstance because of the, the times that we've lived through these last few years or what, but it's just something curious to kind of watch for. In my opinion, sure. it's, it's intriguing to me. Right. Yeah. Especially when Austin Matthews back to Arizona. Oh, that would be the juiciest <laughs> thing ever. I would probably I, cry I, happy to this. I think that I think Matthews would love to go to the West Coast, but he's going to LA. He's not going to he's going to LA, he's going to Anaheim, he ain't going to Arizona. It was There's a joke. No Pump the brakes, boys. No, he'll he just will. go to the next best thing, the Vegas he, Golden Knights, and you'll have Eichel and Matthews down the middle. Or Matthews that. Eichel. Imagine Wouldn't that, that be something? They're crazy enough fun. to try to do something like right. that. We're getting we're getting wild here. <laughs> It is the wild, wild west, man. It, it is. is. It's time. It's time to start to wrap things up. I do have one little. I want to give a little sprinkle in here. Um, just a little gambling here. 
not hockey gambling, but I do have some good futures on the NFL. Just three teams that I kind of highlighted that I like the odds on. Obviously, the chalk team this year is the Buffalo um, Bills. I was going to say Sabres. They're plus 600, which I still think is good money on Buffalo. I really think Buffalo has a really good chance of winning the Super Bowl. Two and other those teams odds are not going to get better after no, the BJ No, they're not, they're not going to get better. Two other teams that I like that you're getting better odds on, Denver Broncos at plus 1,700. Throw 100 bucks on that. Really, like I, I think Denver is a team who is completely revamped and could win some games. The third team, the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm seeing at like a bet, bet MGM at plus 2,000. Just saying, that's not the worst odds for the Bengals. And the, just those are just three teams that kind of highlighted that I like the point they're at. You can grab Green Bay at plus twelve hundred. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is taking DMT every week. He might be tripping balls, but he can throw a football pretty good. You Too know? bad he has no one to throw it to anymore. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know you're a Packers fan. I do. I know. Yeah, but we're gonna see someone. Rodgers will elevate someone into that position. I'm a pseudo Packers fan, so my wife is a huge Packers fan. So I will, you know acquiesce to her fandom but until tom brady retires i'm gonna follow that guy around the league that's just how it's gonna be grew up with tom brady ride or die that's fair that's definitely fair kev do you have a favorite to win the win the super bowl at the moment not no no oh here's my pick not the dallas cowboys no no definitely not the cowboys i'm a cowboys fan the cowboys are gonna win the super bowl if they do, we can clip this and like put it all over stuff, and I'll take that. That'd be awesome. But Cowboys aren't winning the Super Bowl, so I'm not that worried. I'm not even putting a future on them. <laughs> that might be a lie. I might, but I, I am big on the Chargers. Chargers, Chargers is here. Chargers are sitting at plus fifteen hundred. So at Caesar Sportsbook, not bad. They revamped the defense. Herbert's coming through. Herbert from MVP, guys. Heard it here first. All right, we're wrapping this thing up, boys. This was a lot of fun. Um, love you both. Had a great time. And I think we'll try to get back at it again next week, maybe the week after. And we will just keep this thing rolling along, having a lot of fun. Remember to follow all of us on Twitter, follow the podcast. Any last goodbyes, guys? Yeah, buy the merch. Buy, buy the merch. merch. We got, you know, we got to work. The three of us have to work to come up with some better merch and get it out there for you guys. It's definitely something we're going to prioritize over this next season and definitely do a lot better at making it accessible, make it easier to buy. That's a commitment we're going to definitely have. Connor, anything from you? Um, I mean, if you're going to buy the merch, uh, Inside the Rink Plus on our website, it's only $2.99 a month. It's pretty cheap. It removes all the ads off the website. You're going to get exclusive content from people like us and other folks that work for the organization. And... Free access to Kevin's OnlyFans. LOL. Some feet pictures from Kevin. And you'll get deals on merch and potential free giveaways on merch too. So most definitely looking for a little investment to go a long way. There it is. ITR plus.